Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin here, our number 877 We're confronting here really a two a two area war, domestic and foreign. Two fronts. Here at home, as I'll explain further, and abroad, of course, where our enemies are aligning against us. We also have a fifth column in the United States. So do the Putinoids, the Putin wing of the media, the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, the Communist Chinese have bought off politicians left and right, including the McConnell family, quite frankly, the Biden family, among others. Before we delve into that, which is crucially important, I want to delve into schooling and education. We have spent years here talking about this issue. I've spent years writing about it in a variety of books, the latest American Marxism. About mostly the men from the late 1800s and early 1900s who founded what they self-identified as the progressive movement. The progressive movement was a, and is, a essentially Marxist movement. It's the Americanization of Marxism. It's the application of Marxism to the American culture and society. These were so-called intellectuals. They wrote about it at length. I've written about them at length, particularly in Rediscovering Americanism and the Tyranny of Progressivism. Maybe the toughest book that I wrote in terms of reading and comprehending, but nonetheless, there it is. And they talked at great length and wrote at great length about the need to control the classroom. And I've talked about John Dewey, who had an enormous impact on public education as well as journalism. 
He's a great hero of the intellectuals and journalism and education in our country. And he went over to Russia after the Russian Revolution, about a decade or so later, to watch what was going on, particularly to see how they were educating their children. And he wrote a piece, and he wrote a piece for the New Republic. The New Republic, which was a magazine then, it still is today, but a magazine then that was a place where people of this ideology would write, and write extensively. And Dewey was extremely impressed with what Stalin was doing with education in Russia. And Dewey wrote a great length, and he lived well into his 90s, about education and about how America should approach education. He did not like the idea that local education or different schools and different districts would have different approaches. He didn't believe mathematics, literature, science, and the rest should be taught as mathematics, literature, and science per se. That there should be an objective, a social objective in all teaching that takes place. That modern, quote-unquote, public education should reject the past manner of education, just teaching the basics without purpose. And so every subject should have a purpose, a social purpose. Every subject should, should have as its purpose, among other things, to unite children as they become adults behind the state. And that's exactly what's going on today. He also believed that journalism should have the same purpose. That's exactly what's going on today. Now, it wasn't just the Democrats who embraced this. So did the Republicans at the turn of the last century, the 1900s. Theodore Roosevelt was a, quote, nationalist progressive. He wrote about it. He wrote about it at great length. He was a big fan of John Dewey, a big fan of the so-called progressive intellectuals of the time. The Bull Moose Party, which he ran under, a third party, after he'd served two terms as a Republican and then stepped down and then decided to take on Taft and Wilson. The actual name of the Bull Moose Party was the Progressive Party. The Progressive Party. That's why you you hear John McCain was a big fan of Theodore Roosevelt and go on and on and on. Well, now you understand. Now you understand. The two great presidents of the last century who put the brakes on this, at least during their terms in office, were Calvin Coolidge and Ronald Reagan. They understood what Republican progressivism, that is Republican parties, we call them rhinos now, or establishment Republicans. 
they understood that they were not capable of pushing back against this ideology. And so they challenged both of them. They challenged both of them. The classroom has always been a place where these American Marxists have wanted to have complete control. The problem was always that the parents stood between them and their children. They took over the teachers' unions. The teachers' unions are among the most radical unions in the nation. The most powerful unions in the nation. They are the precinct army for the Democrats on Election Day. They're the precinct army for progressive Republicans, so-called, like Lisa Murkowski, Mitt Romney, and others. A very powerful force. And the genius of that movement is it's subsidized by the American taxpayer, whether the American taxpayer likes it or not. Because you lose your home, or you lose your business, or you lose your, your property investment if you don't pay taxes. And in most communities, three-fourths or so of every dollar you pay in property taxes, that's real estate taxes, goes toward that union and their members. Only about 30-35% today of the teachers who are unionized are Republicans. They have almost no say in what goes on in the unions. They have to keep their heads down and their mouths shut. Because that's the nature of Marxism and American Marxism. That is why little kids are being indoctrinated with critical race theory, which has a Marxist basis. That is why little kids are being indoctrinated against capitalism and success. They've come up with a phrase, finally, climate change. That is why little kids are being brainwashed to reject the family structure from which they come. The transgender movement. Marx rejected the nuclear family as an impediment to government action. And so when Joe Biden says that children in a classroom, there's somebody else's children when they're in the classroom, you might say, Mark, is Joe Biden really a Marxist and so forth? Joe Biden doesn't have to be an articulate Marxist to be a Marxist. That is somebody who embraces the goals, the ideologies, somebody who appoints people around him that promote these positions. That's precisely what's taking place. This is the most radical administration in modern American history. It is the most anti-American administration in modern American history, from soup to nuts, border, budget, separation of powers, the criminalization of politics, what they're doing in our classrooms, and I could go on and on and on. We've never seen anything like this. On all fronts. They have a bare-bones majority in the House. They really don't have a majority in the Senate. The Constitution gives the feckless vice president and a vote as the president of the Senate, so they have a 51-50. We have about five or six Republicans uh, among the Republicans in the Senate, who are self-righteous narcissists who throw in with these Democrats, and we have the most ineffective, incompetent, self-serving Republican leader in my lifetime, Mitch McConnell. 
When we return, I want you to hear what Biden had to say about teachers, about the classroom, about parents, and about children. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I am receiving information on a daily basis from legal groups and from parents groups of the extent of the brainwashing and indoctrination that's going on in our public schools. It is beyond imagination. And they are using our tax dollars. They are using tens of billions of dollars on what was supposed to be COVID relief funds. On these textbooks, on these seminars, and on teaching our kids this poison. This is why they hate parents. This is why Biden says that the fact of the matter is that when your kids are in the classroom, they're no longer your kids. I want you to think about that. So whose kids are they? The governments. The teachers' unions. And you have no say. And the American media are all behind this. Because they come out of the same indoctrination classes and schools as the teachers. As the, as the uh, corporate board members. It's the corporate board executives. Fox reports the founder of a parental rights organization told Fox Friends First, it's not surprising that blue states use COVID relief funds for critical race theory education in their schools. It's appalling. It's also unsurprising. Let's look at the words that the department used in February 2021 when they passed this initiative or when they were trying to pass it. Many of us thought that it was going to be used for masks, for air purifiers to keep schools open. This is Parents Defending Education founder Nicole Neely. These are patriots. The American Rescue Plan, they called it, which the Democrats passed in March 2021 without any Republican support, was billed by the Democrat Party as a necessity for reopening schools during the COVID-19 pandemic. But the law provided over $122 billion for the Elementary and Secondary School Emergency Relief Fund, which helped multiple states implement implicit bias and anti-racism training, among other programs, according to the research from One Nation. In February 2021, before the legislation passed, the White House told Fox News 
that it was fun it was fundings that would funding that would provide schools with the resources they need to safely reopen and fully serve their students. Mm-hmm. This is one moment in which it's very clear that public policy is quite literally a matter of life and death. That was Raphael Warnock, who wants to be reelected in the Senate from Georgia. He was with Chuck Schumer, adding that the bill would provide more than $4 billion to the state of Georgia's K-12 schools to ensure students, teachers, and staff stay safe and healthy and to address learning loss. The supporters of critical race theory claimed they were committed to addressing the social, emotional, and mental well-being of children in schools. Terms like social, emotional, learning sound great, of course. We want our children to be emotionally aware, but we look at actually what these programs are in practice. These are Trojan horses for critical race theory, Neely said, adding that part of the push is for programs to address implicit bias. That's exactly what the Department of Education wants to do. That's what a lot of these education bureaucrats at the state and local level want to do as well, she said. And that is exactly what's going on, something we've been talking about for a long, long time. They take these funds and they reassign them to their political objective. These people control our schools and our classrooms. They control our textbooks. And if you dare to stand up against them, you're attacked. This is why I defend Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump took them on on every cultural front. This is why I defend Elon Musk. I don't care what his politics are. He took his money, put his money where his mouth is, took over Twitter, and he's confronting them. And I hope he continues to do it. This is why Ron DeSantis is the best of our governors, and there are many great governors. Because he takes on the culture warriors, whether it's Disney, whether it's the teachers' unions, whether it's Black Lives Matter, it doesn't matter. That's what he does. And Joe Biden has been the worst wrecking ball in the Oval Office, certainly in my lifetime and probably long before. Whether it's the economy, whether it's immigration in the border, whether it's our constitutional system, whether it is a just rule of law that applies to everybody, not just January 6th uh, protesters, you won't find that. Now when we come back, I want you to hear some of the things he had to say. I'm not going to let this go. I'm like a Doberman on this. I'm like a Doberman that has this guy by the ankle. I'll be right back. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. 
This is the nation's town hall meeting, and you can join in at 877-381-3811. I believe governors who are willing to take on these people are presidential material, and I actually believe governors who are taking on these people, that is the Marxists, are far more aware of what's taking place than the Mitch McConnell, John Thune, John Cornyn types in Washington, D.C. You can see that they're confronting them. Look what DeSantis has done in Florida. Look what Yunkin has done in Virginia. Yunkin is also presidential material, in my view. He's only been in office a handful of months. But he's been outstanding, absolutely outstanding in Virginia. And don't get me wrong, there are others. There are clearly others. But these are men who are not afraid to do the right thing. And to do the right thing, you have got to confront the culture that's taking place in this country. You cannot be a quote-unquote progressive Republican. You cannot be a rhino. You're going to come under withering attack because of the media. I mean, when the richest man in the world who's bought Twitter, even though we have six months of bureaucracy to go through, comes under the kind of attack he does, you can see they'll attack viciously anybody. As long as there's platforms for bigots and racists and liars, like Joy Reid, and that virtually that whole lineup at MSNBC and CNN, as long as a newspaper like the New York Times is still in business, despite being a mouthpiece for Stalin and Hitler and Castro, as long as the Washington Post is still in business, lying left and right about Russia collusion and on and on and on, helping to cover up the Hunter Biden laptop in order to protect their man Biden, you're going to come under withering attack when you stand up to this. So the designs of the Democrat Party are not in question. The designs of the Democrat Party are on your children. They wish to raise an army of miscreants and malcontents who will turn to the Democrat Party for sustenance, will turn to the Democrat Party for direction, whether that party is in the form of academia, media, entertainment, or anything else. That is what's taking place. And your little babies, preschool to third grade, or quite frankly, anybody in elementary school, middle school, or high school, they don't have a chance. They don't have a chance. They're forced to sit in that room. They're forced to learn the lesson. They're forced to regurgitate what they're told if they intend to have a passing grade. This is horrific. Now, Republican legislatures, along with Republican governors in all states, should be getting right into the face of this, right into the teeth of this. And the role of the federal government is supposed to be non-existent. Minuscule, let alone non-existent, when it comes to local education. But it's become more and more intrusive, more and more demanding as it devours more and more of our society. Education was always supposed to be a local matter overseen by the state. 
not the feds, not the Department of Education, not the Department of Justice. And this idea of a teacher's union, a public sector union, that can shut down schools, that can demand kids wear a mask, that can push people around, citizens, parents, what have you, that's a relatively new phenomenon. Born out of the 1960s. Even Franklin Roosevelt, even Franklin Roosevelt thought it would be a mistake to unionize teachers. But Kennedy did it. It's like student loans, forgiving student loans. It is such an injustice that the wealthiest among us will have their student loans forgiven. While working people in the working class, the middle class, using the Marxist terminology. But you know who you are, are struggling every day to pay your, your debt. Whether it's a mortgage, whether it's rent whether it's a loan or lease on your vehicle, whatever it is. Pure politics of the worst sort, rewarding statistically the wealthiest among us who voluntarily took student loans. And by the way, all student loans did not go toward tuition. Once you get a student loan, in many cases, you can use it for whatever you want. You can buy a car, You can buy endless kegs of beer. You can do whatever you want. Here's Biden at Teacher of the Year event yesterday. Cut one, go. Have our students gain confidence enough to know what they can do, to reach in. We have an obligation. We have an obligation to help them teach and reach their potential. And you've heard me say it many times about our children. But it's true. They're all our children. And the, the reason you're the teachers of the year is because you recognize that. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours when they're in the classroom. I mean, this is just uh, for somebody in that position to say this. I mean, to say what is for him a fact should shake all of you should concern each and every one of you. The Democrat Party and their media and their unions do not believe parents have a role in education. Terry McAuliffe said as much, which gave rise to the parents' movement, and Youngkin said the opposite. Parents should not have a role in their children's education. Only the teachers' union should mold your kids' mind, shape their future. Only the superintendent, most of them come out of the same element. Only they should decide. Only the school board should be responsible. You saw what happened in Loudoun County. Complete disaster. They've destroyed that school system. So parents now have to organize to have a say in what their kids are taught, or even to see what they're taught. Parents have to organize to have a say in the textbooks, and the, in the teachings, to find out what's going on. They have to bring Freedom of Information Act filings. They have, to, they have to bring lawsuits. They have to hire lawyers. They have to attend school board meetings en masse. And we're not talking about just Republicans. We're talking about parents, regardless of party. 
you saw it all over the country last November. And then you saw what happened in San Francisco when board members were literally thrown out because of what they were teaching these kids. You send your kids to school. You don't expect them to be brainwashing them to hate their country, to hate another race, or to hate themselves. You expect them to be educated. The federal government has is not supposed to have any role in this, or a de minimis role. And yet the role the federal government is playing is an evil role, an unconscionable role in pushing the Democrat Party agenda. Cut to go. Teaching is one of the hardest jobs in this country to be able to do it well. And one of the most important. Today, there are too many politicians trying to score political points, trying to ban books, even math books. I mean, did you ever think, even your younger teachers, did you ever think you'd be teaching and you'd be worrying about book burnings and banning books? All right, folks, 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 this guy is, is a mess. It's funny how this fool and the other Democrats accuse people who are resisting the tyranny the totalitarian mindset of the left of what it is that they're doing if the books are about perversion and pornography if the books are inappropriate if the books are pushing critical race theory and we know that this math association or whatever it called itself embraces the John Dewey model that you don't just teach math you teach this social movement And the social movement always is about upending the United States. Its history, its successes, the future. And if you say that's not appropriate, that's not an appropriate book for those kids, then you're book burning. They're the ones who take the classics out of the school. They're the ones. The 1619 Project. Is about burning American history, lying about American history. And so when he gets up there, it truly is grotesque. Do you believe that we'd be talking about book burnings, banning books, because it doesn't fit somebody's political agenda? Why do math books contain radical social engineering ideological arguments? Why? In medical school, the same thing's going on. In law school, the same thing's going on. Every college in the country, bar a handful. And now public education. Go ahead. All because it doesn't fit somebody's political agenda. American teachers... Ah, shut up, you idiot. It's like uh, his voice, the way he talks, the way he's presents these positions. It's like fingernails on a chalkboard. Uh, uh, banning book. And he's such a disgusting liar. Accuses people of Jim Crow. He is Mr. Jim Crow. Mark Lovin. I'll be right back. 
Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Let me put it this way. If you hate America, you should be a Democrat. If you believe America is a white-dominated, racist society that is irredeemable. You should be a Democrat. If you believe that we should further increase the debt so that your children and your grandchildren will be left holding the bag, you should be a Democrat. If you believe successful people should not be successful, and successful businesses should not be successful, you should be Democrat. If you do not believe in citizenship, and you believe the border should be wide open so anybody can come into the United States and immediately receive our welfare benefits, you should be Democrat. If you believe the Supreme Court is only legitimate if it rules in your favor, and if it doesn't rule in your favor, it should be fundamentally altered. So in the future it does. You should be a Democrat. If you believe the voting system should have no, no barriers to fraud, including voter ID, And that people can vote multiple times, or dead people can vote. You should be a Democrat. If you believe the police are the enemy, you should be a Democrat. If you believe crime in our streets, including murder, black-on-black murder, shouldn't be discussed you should be a Democrat as well as a member of Black Lives Matter and ESPN if you believe America is irredeemably not just racist not just bigoted but irredeemably evil you should be a Democrat If you believe freedom 
is a curse word. If you believe individualism should be crushed. If you oppose freedom of speech and freedom of association, you should be a Democrat. The Democrat Party of old is a totally different entity than the Democrat Party today. The Democrat Party today is the party of the American Marxist movement. It has as its purpose not the fundamental transformation of America, but the fundamental destruction of America. That's what you're seeing before your eyes with supply chains, with grocery store shelves, with prices of food and food shortages predicted, with prices of gasoline. I mean, they're really skyrocketing right now, and you'll soon see brownouts and blackouts, and I predict rationing at some point. The crime wave is also a crime wave generated by open borders. Drug deaths from fentanyl through the roof, open borders, sex trafficking going on in the southern border now spread to the rest of the United States, open borders. You can't trust teachers to teach and schools to school anymore. The Democrat Party. People who identify as moderate Democrats need to understand there's nothing moderate about their party. And there's nothing moderate about any politician who runs as a Democrat and in the end votes for the Democrat Party to control the leadership and the legislation in the House and the Senate and votes for a Democrat to be president of the United States. All these frauds, phonies, and fools who are dressed up as moderate Democrats, there's nothing moderate about them. All of a sudden, they're opposed to the open borders. They didn't fight it. They got this Hassan in in New Hampshire running. She's a fraud and a phony. And others. It's particularly bad in the Senate where they run and they get six years and they think you'll forget and they spend the last 18 months lying to you before the election. Incidentally, I see J.D. Vance has taken a significant lead in the Republican primary in Ohio. Boy, people are just so easily persuaded to vote against their best interests. It's really quite remarkable. It's too bad. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Our country is in so many ways unrecognizable. I talk about American Marxism. I use the word Marxism. I do it for a reason. Joe Biden 
tells us why we should use the word Marxism. Alejandro Mayorkas tells us why we should use the word Marxism. At a budget hearing yesterday, they want to create, and they are created, and they have created, the Mis- and Disinformation Governance Board for the federal government at the Department of Homeland Security. You know, I never wanted a Department of Homeland Security. I felt we could have Homeland Security without having a Department of Homeland Security many years ago. Any more than I wanted a Department of Education, which I strongly opposed. Because these departments do the opposite of what they claim they're going to do. But here's Alejandro Marcos. Cut 16, go. Uh, our Undersecretary uh, for Policy, Rob Silvers, is co-chair uh, with our Principal Deputy General Counsel, Jennifer Daskal, in um, leading a just recently constituted uh, a misinformation, disinformation governance board. So we're bringing, uh, the goal is to bring the resources of the department together to address this threat. I just read a very interesting study that underscores the importance uh, of the, the point that you make, uh, the, the spread of mis and disinformation in minority communities specifically, and we are focused on that in the context of our CP3 and other efforts. This is totalitarianism, these uh, ministries of truth, pure and simple. Uh, Here we have two bureaucrats who are going to decide what is mis- and disinformation, working for the government. Now you know why they do not believe in speech, competition of ideas, they know or they believe they're going to get slaughtered in the next election. I told you several weeks ago they're not going to accept the results of that election. For all their propaganda, the propaganda of their media, they never accept the results of any election that elects a Republican or a majority Republican in Congress. Ever. They always have excuses. Look what they did in 2016 to Trump and throughout his presidency. Look what they're doing to him right now. Like how they're trying to trash DeSantis just in case. And there will be others. And there will be others. But the idea that now we are going to have a ministry of truth is shocking. And any so-called reporter that has an ounce of integrity left should be objecting, should be writing their columns, should be making their appearances on cable TV and absolutely rejecting this. Absolutely rejecting this kind of power. Cut 17, go. Mr. Secretary, uh, yesterday you announced the formation of Disinformation Governance Board at DHS. You put out a bulletin two months ago, big fancy bulletin here, red, white, and blue. You said that misleading narratives, mis distant malinformation, MDM as you call it, misleading narratives undermine the trust in government. I was just wondering, uh, when the head of the CDC, Ms. Walensky, said that the vaccinated can't get the virus, did that undermine trust in government? Um, when the highest paid official in our government, the smartest man on the planet, Dr. Fauci, when he said the virus didn't come from a lab, did that undermine trust in government? And will that be something that this governing board will look at? How about, how about this one? How about when 51 former intel officials 
told us that the Hunter Biden story was had all the earmarks of Russian misinformation. Will that be something that this governance board that you just formed, will you be looking into that? Uh, uh, Congressman, um, the disinformation board uh, addresses a disinformation that imperils the safety um, uh, and security of our homeland. And one of the primary areas that we are focused on. You know, I hate to say this, and I don't care the wrath that I have to face as a result. When I hear that phrase and the way he says it, if that doesn't remind me of the Third Reich, I don't know what does. Disinformation that threatens the homeland or something to that effect. I don't even know what that means. I have no idea what that means. This is the man who's in charge of the border, and we have no border, which threatens the homeland. I mean, truthfully, ladies and gentlemen, this is the most frightening thing to come out of this administration yet. They hate free speech. Elizabeth Warren, who is a whack job, is out there demanding some kind of oversight of Twitter. Absolute nutcase who lied her entire life in order to advance her own pathetic career, which apparently the Democrats of Massachusetts considered a a very worthy uh, undertaking. So they're trying to brainwash her kids in the public schools and in colleges and universities. They're trying to brainwash the population through the phony, corrupt media. That it's been caught in lie after lie after lie after lie over the last five years. And now the government itself, because the Democrats hold both houses and the White House, is going to determine what is true and what is false. And the civil libertarians of old don't even exist anymore. Remember the book I wrote on freedom of the press? I would say this to people who hear me talk about these books. Some of whom say, Mark, why do you talk about that? Why don't you read them? There's a lot of important information here that has laid out what would take place, and it's taking place. It does mean no good if these books are read a hundred years from now and people say that guy was right. News propaganda and pseudo-events. Chapter 5. Given the progressive ideology and Democrat Party attachment of most of the modern media and journalists, their commitment to community journalism and social activism, that's what they call social activism, and with the integration of opinion and news making objective truth, making objective truth increasingly difficult to discern, is the public actually receiving predominantly news or propaganda and pseudo-information? One of the keys to answering this question points to Edward Bernays. Bernays, one of his publishers tells us, pioneered the scientific technique of shaping and manipulating public opinion which he called engineering consent. When I'm done, you're going to know more than anybody else, folks. George Creel, 
C-R-E-E-L, enlisted him into President Woodrow Wilson's propaganda operation. And, of course, Wilson was a segregationist and a a racist. Bernays was a nephew of Sigmund Freud, and according to Christopher B. Daly, was a pioneer in theorizing about human thoughts and emotions. Bernays volunteered for the Committee of Public Information. It's 100 years ago. And threw himself into the work. So what it is the Biden administration is creating, their malcontents look back and see what was done by other fascistic presidents, and they look at what Woodrow Wilson did. So this is taken directly from Woodrow Wilson. Directly from Woodrow Wilson. The Committee on Public Information. Now, Bernays... Outlook, a mixture of idealism and the cause of spreading democracy and cynicism about the methods involved, was typical of many of at the agency. He's considered in some quarters the founder of the contemporary public relations profession. He believed in the power of propaganda and the manipulation and brainwashing, quote, of the masses, unquote. He wrote, the minority, that is masterminds or elites, has discovered a powerful help in influencing majorities. It has been found possible so to mold the mind of the masses that they will throw their newly gained strength in the desired direction. In the present structure of society, this practice is inevitable. Whatever of social importance is done today, whether in politics, finance, manufacturing, agriculture, charity, education, or other fields, must be done with the help of propaganda. Propaganda is the executive arm of the invisible government, quote-unquote. This is a man who had a primary role in formulating the Public Relations, a.k.a. Committee on Public Information, for Woodrow Wilson. First and foremost, this means using the media, or the media exercising its own ideologically driven will as a propaganda enterprise. Bernays wrote, the extent to which propaganda shapes the progress of affairs about us may surprise even well-informed persons. Nevertheless, It is only necessary to look under the surface of the newspaper for a hint as to propaganda's authority over public opinion. For Bernays, propaganda was not troubling, but in fact inevitable and useful. The public was not capable of enlightened thinking and decisions in a republic. Therefore, they need to be led by those who supposedly are, or at least by those who self-servingly claim to be. He explained that, quote, These examples that he gave of the New York Times are not to create the impression that there is anything sinister about propaganda. They are set down rather to illustrate how conscious direction is given to events and how the men behind these events influence public opinion. So here's Bernays writing this. At the same time, John Dewey is saying we need to control the classroom and we need to control the reality of the public square. That is, what is reality? We need to define it. These are all radical Democrats. They're all joining in helping the government, which is expanding like we never saw before. And in this case, under Woodrow Wilson. Bernays argues that modern propaganda is a consistent, enduring effort to create or shape events, to influence the relations of the public to an enterprise, idea, or groups, such as government. The practice of creating circumstances and of creating pictures in the minds of millions of persons is very common. Virtually no important undertaking is now carrying on without it. So according to Bernays, there is a new propaganda, 
which, quote, takes account not merely of the individual, not even of the mass mind alone, but also and especially of the anatomy of society with its interlocking group formations and loyalties. It sees the individual not only as a cell in the social organism, but as a cell organized into the social unit. In other words, the crushing of the individual who becomes nothing but part of the mass. Touch a nerve at a sensitive spot and you get an automatic response from certain specific members of the organization. There's a despotic order to Bernays' elevation of propaganda as a righteous yet routine undertaking, exercised for virtuous purposes by a supposedly intellectually astute and superior minority. This directly tracks with what's going on right now. Directly. I say the masses must be shepherded and managed for their own good and the betterment of society. The new propaganda, Bernays explains, having regard to the contrition of society as a whole, not infrequently serves to focus and realize the desires of the masses. Clearly, it is the intelligent minorities which need to make use of propaganda continuously and systematically. In the act of proselytizing, these minorities in whom selfish interests and public interests coincide lie the progress and development of America. Only through the active energy of the intelligent few can the public at large become aware of and act upon new ideas. And I'm not going to go on, but this is exactly, this is exactly what they're doing. This is exactly what they're plotting. And anybody who disagrees, anybody who dares to resist, is to be smeared, even if it's the richest man on the face of the earth. Now when Bernays wrote his book, Propaganda, one of the biggest fans of his book, Propaganda, was not just the members of the Democrat Party, not just the Republican progressives, but Adolf Hitler himself. told his senior people, read Bernays' book, Propaganda. This country is being destroyed in front of our eyes. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. He said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. The First Amendment to the Constitution exists to put a check on the government. There is no constitutional basis for putting a check on the people. Period. Period. 
people in a culture or society in decline, which ceases to be a unifying and civil society, and where the just social order unravels, are susceptible to believing and following dangerous fictions, even if they lead to their own demise. That's me in American Marxism. This is what you're seeing. This is what you're seeing. John Dewey, of who I spoke, argued that the habit of the mind and certain ways of thinking, combined with social activism, must be indoctrinated into the public psyche. In other words, the public must be indoctrinated with the social activist mindset. That's what this is all about, ladies and gentlemen. And as I told you a few weeks back, the Democrat Party, the media, academia, Hollywood, these forces of American Marxism have no intention of accepting the results of the midterm elections. Remember, there are two committee chairmen, Democrats in the House. We talked about this last week who are now subpoenaing and intend to conduct investigations of Republican state legislatures that are looking at the 2020 election. The Democrat Party in the Congress, Nancy Pelosi, have no legislative oversight over the state legislatures. They have no authority to conduct such an investigation, and it sneaks under the radar. I being the only one who says, hey, folks, Look what they're doing. The January 6th committee has nothing to do with January 6th. And everything to do with the targeting of Donald Trump and the people around him. Targeting Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans in the House and some in the Senate. It is an attempt to besmirch them, to smear them to lie about them, to mold and shape the public's mind. That's what's taking place here. And how dare the government, this government, that lies to us day in and day out, whether it's inflation or immigration or anything else, how dare they form a committee of mis- and disinformation, a governing board, to oversee what you and I decide to spread and say. I'll be back. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. Said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. And so the situation is now where the government 
is going to essentially put out talking points to the media. Because the media and the government, when it's in control by the Democrats, are one and the same thing. And they're there to advance an agenda. That's the whole point of propaganda. That's the whole point of CNN and MSNBC, is it not? That's the whole point of the New York Times and the Washington Post, is it not? I counted no fewer than four articles on Elon Musk in the New York Times yesterday. Four. Four articles. What's the point of that? To try and trash him. Now you notice the Washington Post never trashes Bezos, because he owns them. Because he owns them. You'll notice there wasn't a big rigmarole about his editing process, and if he'd bring his agenda, because they knew he was a lefty. That's why. So why would they bother? This is a huge problem. This country's becoming unrecognizable. And you have the Marxists in this country who see their opportunity, they wish to exploit it, and they say that this government is not moving fast enough to do what it's doing. Ladies and gentlemen, the murder rate is through the roof, crime is through the roof, that's not by accident. It's George Soros, it's the Democrat Party, it's their supporters undermining law enforcement, underlining safety in our streets. It's intentional. It's intentional. Our currency has been weakened. The government is printing money like we've never seen before in human history. It's destroying the value of your pension. It's destroying the value of your savings. It's destroying the value of your income. You got a little increase last year, maybe this year. Completely wiped out. They want you to be more reliant on government. They want you to believe it's, it's, this is all caused by entities outside of government. And their answer is more government. The government lies to us about these things, and so what do they want to do? Have a misinformation governance board. The government has created the situation where gasoline prices are going through the roof. What do they want to do? Tax the oil companies. The government creates inflation. It's going through the roof. They want to spend more money. Schumer and Manchin, a fraud and a phony and a fool, want to raise taxes in the middle of a a burgeoning recession. And they'll turn it into a depression, which is what FDR did, as I explained last night. But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. Everything's going quite well, and Joe Biden is not worried about a recession. Cut 18, Mr. Producer. Go. Sir, how concerned are you about a recession, given the GDP reports today show the contraction of 1.4%? percent So the economy actually shrunk by 1.4%. It shrunk by 1.4%. The pie is getting smaller. That's evidence of a nation in decline. There's no reason for this. I don't want to hear about Russia. Russia's economy is small. Russia, when it comes to fossil fuels, we were energy independent, was irrelevant to us. Now it's relevant. 
This is what happens when you chase fictions like a climate change economy. This is what happens. And they blame the victims. The oil industry. The victims of their targeting. For the consequences of their targeting. That's what Marxist propagandists do. It's what fascists do, too. Go ahead. Well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not concerned about a recession. And, I mean, you're always concerned about... Uh... A recession, but the GDP, you know, fell to 1.4 percent. Is this guy? This guy doesn't know anything about economics. He's an idiot. He's not concerned about a recession, but I mean, I'm always concerned about it. But the GDP, you know, fell 1.4 percent. I'm not concerned about a recession. Everybody's concerned about a recession. Because we're going to have one. And it's going to kick you right in the genitalia. Whatever you think your genitalia is or could be. Go ahead. We also had last quarter consumer spending and business investment and residential investment increased at significant rates. Both, But so what? The economy is shrinking. Obviously, it did increase enough. And when you look at the fact that most people don't even have any savings left, people are spending their savings. That's what they're doing. So spending is nothing more than an indicator of people spending. Where's the money coming from? If the economy is shrinking and inflation's going up, it's obviously coming in large measure from their savings. That's not good, that's terrible. Go ahead. Here, as well as hard products, number one. Number two, the, we are unemployment is the lowest rate since 1970. So what? Unemployment's at the lowest rate since 1970. Not because we have a bustling, vibrant economy. It's because you came into office and you subsidized people not to work. They're off the payrolls. That's what you did. Moreover, there are people who are working two and three jobs to try and make ends meet. They're not counted as people working two or three jobs. And that lowers the unemployment rate. You know what they say about liars in statistics? Go ahead. 4.5 million businesses were created last year. We're in a situation where the, uh, you know, we have a very different view than uh, Senator Scott of Republicans uh, who want to raise taxes on the middle class families. And Senator more. Scott doesn't want to raise taxes on middle class families. Joe Biden's already massively raised taxes on all of you through inflation. That's what he's done. Senator Scott said everybody should pay some level of taxation, even if it's a dollar. That's not Senator Scott wanting to raise taxes on the middle class. What does that mean? Middle class? Are you in the middle class, folks? The price of fuel's gone up. The price of uh, food's gone up. The price price of automobiles have gone up. Housing, 
up everything way way up that's the biden tax and what's so egregious about this tax is it's uncontrollable it was never voted on go ahead include half the small business owners in that we uh, so i think the small business owners of america despise you they despise you you're making it impossible for them most of them to make ends meet go ahead what you're seeing is enormous growth in the country that was affected by how are you seeing enormous growth in the country when the economy just shrunk by 1.4% the delusion is unbelievable you regulate the private sector to the point where it cannot produce what it needs to produce. In other words, as I say, the golden goose. You're choking the hell out of the golden goose so it can't lay golden eggs. You have downplayed inflation and the recession that is clearly coming from day one. You take responsibility for none of it. You create boogeymen all over the place. One industry after another. Oh, look at the profits they're making. Nobody's pulling in more money than the federal government. Nobody's spending more money than the federal government. Period. Period. The guy just said we have tremendous growth when the economy shrank by 1.4%. He doesn't even give a damn about your situation. He could care less. He's been fed at the public trough since the beginning of adulthood. Forever in the Senate, the vice presidency, two years getting paid off by the communist Chinese. Back in the presidency, in the Oval Office now, he's been on the public dole. He's been on the public dole from the communist Chinese, in my, in my view, and other foreign governments. He's been on your public dole, day in and day out. Oh, I, I don't think there's going to be a problem here. I'm not worried about a recession, he says. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does, and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com. Find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Nancy Pelosi at a press conference today, uh, up against Chad Pergram, who dared to ask her a question, and her entire face melted. Did you see that, Mr. Producer? 
the facelift came unattached in the back and her whole face melted right in front of us. It was frightening. Like the Wizard of Oz. Cut 20, go! Do you think that the public is blaming Democrats or will continue no, to blame Democrats? No, I don't think the public is blaming Democrats. I think they're blaming the oil companies. They, they will blame all of us if we don't do something about uh, the fossil fuel industry. But they won't take that out on your side on the midterms, if even if you pass this bill and prices don't get back. No, I don't th- why would we say that? I, I don't think what you say is making very much sense. Frankly, I mean, in all fairness, we're friends. Candor is part of our friendship. The Republicans are standing in the way. The Republicans are standing in the If, if, let's hope they don't. If the Republicans stand in the way of us freeing, freeing the consumer of the stranglehold. Another the- economic genius, actually illiterate. You see, the oil companies that made us energy independent 18 months ago, when fuel was cheap and flowing. Apparently, they reversed course all of a sudden. And they decided to make fuel less available to cut the supply and increase the price. Is that what the oil companies did, ladies and gentlemen? No, that's not what the oil companies did. The Democrats said they were going to drive up the price of a gallon of gasoline. They succeeded. Where are their clapping seals? The five slobs, I mean Yentis, on The View. More geniuses with low IQs. So why aren't they taking credit for what they've done? And at the same time, they keep saying, we need the transition to new kinds of energy. They don't tell us what new kinds of energy... They keep saying electrical vehicles, but we can't get all the material we need to make the batteries. Would you like to know why, America? Because a big chunk of it's in what we call communist China. California has been an experiment. California. And they have brownouts and blackouts. Texas, shockingly, has been an experiment. And they had a disastrous winter two winters ago. Remember that? The sun wasn't out and the wind wasn't blowing. So people were freezing. People were freezing. So what exactly is the blueprint for this new economy? I don't mean what laws are they going to pass. Exactly Where's the technology? Who's producing it? How are we going to get enough material? How do we ensure that we won't have brownouts and blackouts? How do they intend to produce all that new electricity for all those new automobiles and all the rest? And I could go on and on and on. I'll be right back. Do you want to keep your home in its best condition while protecting your budget? Well, of course you do. With a home service plan from American Home Shield, you can do exactly that. They help cover the cost to repair or replace things you depend on every single day. Expensive things like your kitchen appliances, A.C., refrigerator, and water heater. 
No inspections or maintenance records are required, and they'll never deny coverage because of the age of your items. Wow. Choose from the three flexible plans along with several add-on options like roof leak repair coverage and electronics coverage for items like laptops, gaming systems, and flat-screen TVs. This is absolutely fantastic. Their comprehensive plans help make sure you're prepared for your next unplanned breakdown. It's the kind of convenience and peace of mind everyone could use right now. So, folks, join today. And as a listener of my show, you can save $50 on any plan. Just go to ahs.com slash Levin. Again, ahs.com slash L-E-V-I-N. That's $50 off at ahs.com slash Levin. Service fees, limitations, and exclusions apply You can see the plan for details, but I'm telling you, this is a fantastic offer. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Dinesh D'Souza will be with us in a few minutes. He has a fantastic new film out, a documentary, 2,000 Mules, reveals the truth about what really happened in 2020. Uh, and I will not be one of the cowards on radio or TV that chooses not to talk about this. I'm not going to self-censor, nor am I going to allow others to try and censor me. Period. Period. This misinformation and disinformation governance board, as we've been talking about, is a tyrannical, totalitarian act by the existing Biden administration. That's what it is. It's been done before in our history. Woodrow Wilson, I said. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the 33-year-old leftist that they have chosen to effectively be the administrator of this board at the Department of Homeland Security comes out of the Woodrow Wilson Center, Mr. Producer. Woodrow Wilson, as I said, was a racist and a segregationist. He was one of the so-called intellectuals behind the progressive movement, that is the really neo-Marxist movement. And so this administration has now set up the this governance board, and I'll be very curious to see tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, how the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost react to this? How columnists react to this? How NBC Nightly News, CBS News, ABC News, it'll be very interesting to see how these so-called news platforms respond. Because remember, not a single one of them is independent. They're all parts of conglomerates. Massive corporations that are run by corporatists, all of whom have been indoctrinated and graduated through these various schools of brainwashing, much like their so-called reporters 
and their favorite party, the Democrat Party. So now we have big tech, other than Twitter, we hope. We have the usual media. And now we have the government. All colluding, all on the same side. They're not intending to silence Black Lives Matter or Antifa. They're not intending to silence these Marxist movements, critical race theory and transgenderism movement and the degrowth, anti-capitalist, so-called climate change movement. They are there to promote them, enshrine them. What they object to is independent thought. What they object to is the competition of ideas. What they object to is the true way in which you determine if something is scientifically factual or not. By vetting it through many, many people. That's how. So what is being done here runs completely contrary to the American founding. It is precisely, however, how Marx would grab control of a society. And you will see the 16, excuse me, you will see the New York Times promote it. And I hope I'm wrong, but I believe I'm not. Or the Washington Post. A ministry of truth. You can see now everybody's calling it that because it reminds people of fascistic and Marxist regimes that use these techniques. It reminds people of the Woodrow Wilson administration, quite frankly, the Franklin Roosevelt administration. This is where they're getting their ideas from. Franklin Roosevelt reduced the time that television stations had licenses from two years to six months and put one of his top campaign operatives in charge of what became the uh, FCC, or the equivalent thereof. So if you were to step out of line with the administration's views, your license would be delayed or revoked, or not renewed. Franklin Roosevelt, if you read on Freedom of the Press, unleashed the Internal Revenue Service against publishers who challenged his policies, including Annenberg, the Philadelphia Inquirer was a big Republican paper, and many others. They used the IRS to go after the media, and the rest of the media were perfectly fine with it, as they are today. Like when Obama used the IRS to go after the Tea Party, no big deal. No big deal. Or when FDR, through one of his close friends, who would become a Supreme Court nominee, Justice Black, that time he was chairman of a committee, he was from Alabama, issued subpoena after subpoena to gather information on press organizations and other quote-unquote enemies at the time. And among them, Western Union. Western Union, in my view, is sort of uh, texting today or emailing today. 
They got 5 million pieces of information that they went through in violation of the Constitution. This is why this January 6th committee reminds me of that. It's an abusive, fraudulent operation supported by an abusive, fraudulent press. The Democrats are good at this. They do it all the time. John Kennedy used the IRS. FDR used the IRS. Of course, they went after Nixon when he did what they did. But you couldn't, you couldn't explain that at the time. The hysteria was just too strong. In fact, they did far worse than Nixon ever did. Donald Trump never did any of this. Never did any of it. Yet he's under constant investigation and harassment. Constant. I just want all you folks out there to understand, whatever party you're in, whatever your background, many of you are in this country, you're newly, you're new immigrants who've been uh, newly sworn in as American citizens, who left these totalitarian regimes for a freer country, whatever your politics, this should remind you of that country you escaped. This should remind you of the tyranny you escaped. And you should vote against it overwhelmingly. I don't care what the media say. I don't care what Hollywood say. I don't care what anyone says. I'm talking to you, Levinites. You need to spread the word about this. I don't know how much longer I'll be doing this with the environment that we live in today. I don't know what's going to happen to this program five, ten years from now. I don't know. I don't know. So it's important. You're the army of patriots that you get the word out there. Never in my life, privately or publicly, have I urged violence. Never. And yet, it's something they wish to plan on all of us, including me. But I have urged resistance. You do not need to go along with the narrative. Resistance with free speech. That's our weapon. And that's what's under attack. That is what's under attack. Those of you who have a copy of American Marxism, I encourage you to read chapter, I believe it's chapter 6. Those of you who have a copy of Unfreedom of the Press, I'm doing this by memory, I urge you to read chapter 5. I believe it's chapter 5. Looking it up as quickly as I can. Yes, it is. Imagine that. Those of you who don't have those books, see if you can get them at the library. It lays it out. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read the secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution against all freedom-loving Americans. So, you need to read The War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492. 
800-630-1492 or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492 or visit SwissAmerica.com. Dinesh D'Souza is a patriot. He's a fantastic filmmaker as well. There's a brand new film coming up called 2,000 Mules. Dinesh, welcome. Let's get right to it. Tell us what your documentary is all about. The documentary 2,000 Mules, it's based on the research done by a group called True the Vote. And it settles the issue of who really won the 2020 election. Now, it does that by opening up um, an old can of worms, the issue of election fraud, but in a completely new way. And so a good way to approach the film is kind of forget everything that you know or think you know about voter fraud. This is not about anomalies. I I, Um, I want to start over because we have a bad connection, Mr. Producer. So let's get a good connection. Let's test it out. And then let's bring Dinesh back so we can have a clear understanding what this film is about because it's very, very important. So, Dinesh, I'm sorry, we're going to begin again, but I want to have a clear connection with you. Um, Excuse me? Okay, but I can't. He doesn't sound good to me, okay? So we need to start over again. I can't hear him properly in my headphones. Are we doing it? Okay, good. It's called 2,000 Mules. Upcoming upcoming, uh, documentary film reveals the truth about what really happened in the 2020 campaign. And you hear what he says. And uh, it's in select theaters for two nights, Monday, May 2nd, Wednesday, May 4th. Jot that down for location details and to purchase tickets for the limited theatrical release. You can visit 2000mules.com. On Saturday, May 7th, the film will be available for digital download. Digital download and streaming at both SalemNow.com, SalemNow.com. We're on a number of wonderful Salem stations. And RumblesLocals.com. All right. Are you there, Dinesh? I'm here. Start over again. Okay. Um, This movie, 2000 Mules... I think can definitively answer the question of who really won the 2020 election. In other words, it's going to open up uh, the old can of worms, which is election fraud, but it's going to do it in a completely new way. And so I would kind of urge people to set aside or forget what you know or think you know about voter fraud or election fraud. Watch the movie with fresh eyes, because this is not about anomalies. It's not about episodic fraud. You know, a dead guy voted over here or some guy who moved voted over there. Um, This is about proving that there was a coordinated ring, uh, a coordinated effort uh, to dump fraudulent and illegal ballots in all the key states in a magnitude far exceeding the difference between Trump and Biden in the 2020 election. Now, to the extent you're comfortable telling us, who was funding this, do you know? Yeah, I think I do. Uh, we do know that these mules, a mule, by the way, is nothing more than a paid operative 
who has been hired to deliver these illegal ballots. So it's similar to a mule in drug trafficking or sex trafficking, except here we're talking about ballot trafficking. These mules don't come up with their own ballots. They get the ballots from what can be called vote stash houses. And who are these vote stash houses? Well, they're left-wing organizations deeply embedded in these heavily democratic urban areas. So the mules get the ballots from there, and then you can see them. We're geo-tracking them. We here, meaning True the Vote, uh, a voter integrity group that bought a massive trove of cell phone data. You can see these mules kind of moving from Dropbox to Dropbox to Dropbox, typically in the middle of the night, wearing gloves, uh, looking around to make sure no one sees them, and then tossing ballots one after wow. the other into mail-in Dropboxes. This is unbelievable. So you're actually able to see the massive fraud. And uh, these videos, where do they come from? Like just store videos or uh, uh, how were they obtained? So basically you have the geo-tracking data, which is the, the data of the movements of your cell phone. And those are aggregated by so-called aggregators. Because, see, our cell phones have apps inside of them that allow our location to be known. And so in, at a given moment in time. So if I move from here across the room, you can actually see that motion. So this is the technological side. But, a lo- but some of the states had electronic surveillance videos. I mean, this is what makes the movie so powerful, right? Because it's one thing to find, you know, DNA. And here we're talking about electronic DNA, uh, the DNA of, of your cell phone, which has a distinctive ID. It's a whole other thing to see the crime being committed. And so in the movie, we have video upon video upon video. And again, this is not video taken by some guy in his truck who turned on his phone. This is the official surveillance videos of the states themselves. So we don't have to turn it over to the government. The government already has it. This, this is amazing to me, and that so many people in litigation, they couldn't even get courts to hear the cases that they were trying to bring, as if you have to prove the case before you can even have the court trial. It, it's an amazing thing how the whole system shut down, is it not? It's absolutely amazing. Now, I do think that we learned from the Rittenhouse case, didn't we, that the kid's life was saved by the video. I mean, I would listen to people testify, oh, those Antifa guys weren't chasing Rittenhouse. They were just running in the same direction. But then when you look at the video, you're like, nah, they were actually chasing him. And the same thing here, because you'll get all kinds of clever liberal explanations like, well, maybe these organizations just went door to door and collected honest votes, and maybe they were delivered in the wrong way. But no, once you actually watch this operation with your own eyes, you'll see a guy in a hoodie. He parks in the middle of the street at 3.27 a.m. He comes running up to the drop box. He looks to the left, looks to the right. He's wearing gloves. Why gloves? Because he doesn't want to leave his fingerprints on the ballots. Because there were, it was an arrest in Arizona in which vote, these uh, ballot stuffers were busted, and that's because they left fingerprints on the ballots. So the moment that happens, you start seeing the mules 
now wearing gloves. And they also, by the way, take photos. Now, they don't take photos of themselves. It's not a selfie like I voted. They're taking photos of, their, of themselves stuffing the ballot box. And the reason for it is that that's how they get paid. They have to prove that they actually were there, that they actually dumped the ballots. And so this is, Mark, a coordinated operation. This could not have developed somehow simul, you know, spontaneously. This is organized fraud conducted by the left involving left-wing organizations hiring Antifa types. That's actually the, what the population of the mules is made of and funded by very powerful forces in the Democratic Party. Which means that with these Democrat DAs, many of them Soros DAs, and these Democrat attorneys general, and these Democrat mayors, they're not going to want to see any of this. And the media are so invested in the narrative that, uh, you know, this was the least fraudulent campaign in American history. It's going to be tough to get it out. So when we come back, Dinesh D'Souza, I want to be very clear about where people can see this in the coming days. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read the secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution. Against all freedom-loving Americans. So, you need to read the war on cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492. Or visit SwissAmerica.com. Liberty's Voice. Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. Dinesh D'Souza is our guest, filmmaker extraordinaire. The movie is 2000 Mules. Dinesh D'Souza, the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, announced shockingly that this government has created the Misinformation and Disinformation uh, Governance Board. And so I suspect that you'll be one of the people they investigate, talk radio and so forth. Did you ever even dream we'd reach a point of this kind of totalitarianism in our own country? Well, it is, it's genuinely frightening. I think, Mark, you and I came of age in the 80s, and while there were arguments about the size of government and its control of the economy, I think we believed that our basic civil rights and civil liberties, particularly the ability to speak, would be secure. So we've turned a really dark corner here. But in some ways, you know what? Uh, whether it comes, whether it's a January 6th committee or these kind of this disinformation ministry of truth, I sort of would love to show up in front of these guys and mm-hmm. say, listen, all I need is a big screen so I can start playing some mule videos, and then you tell me whether this is disinformation or information. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'd be so kind. <laughs> and... Uh... Uh, to you to allow you to do that as a matter of fact so let me ask you this how long is this film it's 90 minutes the uh, length of a typical documentary 
And um, it's being released in a very novel way because, you know, normally my films have a wide theatrical release and they go on Amazon Prime or iTunes. But we live in such an era of censorship that I had to sort of develop a new type of business plan to do this. And so we have a limited theatrical release on May 2nd and May 4th. We have an in-home virtual premiere on May 7th. Um, and all of this information, by the way, is on the website, which is just simply 2000mules.com, the number 2000mules.com. Uh, but then the movie is going to go into digital download, and I'm really happy that the video platform called Rumble is getting behind the movie completely. They're going to put it up on their uh, platform called Locals, and they're going to promote the movie heavily. So I'm delighted that there's going to be some counterforce against the kind of censorship that I otherwise would have to fight. I haven't even put the trailer up on, like, Facebook or YouTube because I would be immediately banned. It is shocking, absolutely shocking what's going on in this country. But I saw some clips, and this is a fantastic movie. It is fantastic. There is no denying your eyes are not lying when you see these guys just come in with with bundles of ballots and shove them into these boxes uh and uh, let me ask you something at this point has law enforcement at any level seen this movie well i will tell you that true the vote has filed an official complaint with the secretary of state of georgia and this guy brad raffensperger a republican by the way has based upon the information provided opened up a new investigation and he's in fact recently issued subpoenas he says he's going to get to the bottom of it now the reason this is a little bit dicey is this is the same brad raffensperger who got into a verbal spat with trump this is the same guy who declared the election was completely secure in Georgia. This is the same guy who was lionized in the media as a Republican standing up against Trump. So for this guy to now turn around and go, you know what, I was the sheriff, but you know, they robbed, they committed the robbery right under my nose, and I really didn't notice, it's going to be pretty hard for him to do that. So I don't really know where this is going to go. I'm optimistic that they're looking at it. Then there's, of course, the Republican Attorney General Bernovich in Arizona. I'd love him to see the movie. He's going to be jumping out of his seat. So there are things that Republican um, attorneys general, secretaries of state, and even Republican legislatures can do. Of course, I have less hope that the Democrats in places like Michigan or Pennsylvania are going to spring into action. In fact, they might spring into action to figure out how do we cover this thing up. Mm -hmm. What states are involved in this film where you have these mules? Well, we focus, um, uh, True the Vote bought data in five states. And not, not, not even for the whole state. They bought the Democratic urban areas in the state. So it's Atlanta, which encompasses about four counties, and then on to Phoenix, Maricopa County, on to Detroit, Michigan, the Milwaukee area of Wisconsin, and finally the greater Philadelphia area of Pennsylvania. This is where the 2020 election was decided. Mm-hmm. And in each one of those instances, there is video? There's not video from all those states. There's video from Georgia. There's some video from Arizona. There's some from Michigan. In Wisconsin, they were supposed to take video. They said they would, but they didn't. But see, the geo-tracking evidence by itself is decisive. And the reason, Mark, is that all our cell phones have a unique and distinctive ID. Now, I can give my phone to my wife, Debbie, and maybe she's going to go from Dropbox to Dropbox. But the fact that my cell phone was at that location is not open to dispute this exact same 
claimed geo-tracking was used to catch bin Laden. It was used to arrest January 6th defendants. It's used in, in, in law enforcement every single day. If there's a murder in a park and it's completely dark and there's no cameras and nobody saw anything, the cops will do geo-tracking and say, you know what, there were five cell phones in that vicinity. Let's figure out who those cell phones belong to. Those are our five suspects. Let's start there. So what I'm getting at is we're using a technology here mm-hmm. that is completely familiar and used in all walks of life. And this is important to expose this, not just to show what happened in the 2020 election, although that would be enough. But this is why the Democrats keep demanding to have these drop boxes, no changes to what took place earlier. In fact, to nationalize this process in every state of the union. Isn't that correct? Yeah, you've stated it beautifully. They want to legalize the fraud so movies like mine can't really be made because I'm not exposing a crime because they've made it now legal. The other thing is that when people think about Mark Zuckerberg, they think that these cities and counties wanted to have the drop boxes, and Zuckerberg just gallantly said, I'll pay for it. But no, what Zuckerberg and his cronies did is they went to the cities and they said, listen, we got a whole bunch of money, but you don't get any of it if you don't install all these drop boxes, particularly in these heavily democratic areas. So what I'm saying is that Zuckerberg and his his kind of front groups used financial muscle to get these cities and counties to to establish these drop boxes, without which, by the way, the mules wouldn't have any place to go to drop off all these fraudulent ballots. Zuckerberg really is a a disgraceful individual here to pour $417 million into this. There's no debating that. Uh, To not be transparent about what he's done. Even now, not to subject himself to a questioning by somebody who actually knows what took place. And to have this kind of impact on the election in this country, in addition to what he did to Facebook and the algorithms and so forth. Isn't it amazing that he hasn't been called in front of Congress for this specific reason? And let's hope when the Republicans, if the Republicans take over, they do exactly that. He needs to answer for this, does he not? He does, and well, so does Mark Elias, and so, many, so do many others. In a sense, what I'm revealing here is not so much a conspiracy theory, Mark, as what I call a coordination theory. The Democratic lawyers fight not to clean up the voter rolls. They also fight so that you don't have rigorous signature matching requirements. And then in comes Zuckerberg, and he's like, let's have all these drop boxes. So what you're seeing here is it's almost like at a bank, one guy figures out how to uh, let the security guards take a break. Another guy turns off the surveillance cameras. A third guy goes to the tellers and tells them, listen, don't really check for the signatures. A general scrawl will do. And all of this sets up the heist. Now, of course, setting up a heist is not the same as doing the heist. And the beauty of the movie is that you can see the heist taking place. I mean, it's amazing. Two years after the election, it's almost haunting to watch in the movie. You're seeing what is happening in the days leading up to the election and on election night, and you're seeing crimes being committed committed in front of your very eyes. It's amazing to me. You have overwhelming evidence. I saw it of these crimes taking place, the influence of this election, and you have an overwhelming censorship effort by broadcast corporations, by news organizations and others not to shed any light on this. So if my audience wants to see this film, where exactly do they go, Dinesh D'Souza? 
There's only one place to go. You have to go to the movie website, which is 2000 Mules, the number 2000mules.com. There's a limited number of theaters, so you put in your state, boom, the theaters will come up in your state. You can buy a ticket that way. You can order DVDs. You can sign up for the virtual premiere, which is Saturday, May 7th. Uh, And after that, the movie is going to be widely available, but again, through the website for digital download. It's going to be available on the Salem platform called SalemNow.com, and it's going to be available through Rumble's platform called Locals. Um, And so those are all the ways to see the movie, but you can't buy the tickets by going to the theater. You've got to get them off the website, 2000mules.com. And that's the mothership, 2000mules.com. If you want to know how to see the movie one way or the other, you go to 2000mules.com. Dinesh, I want to thank you. You're a great patriot. This is a very, very important documentary. You take care of yourself. Thank you so much. All right. Be well. Wow. I'm definitely going to watch all of this. I've seen some clips. They are unbelievable. Watch these people go up to these drop boxes, Mr. Producer, and they're shoving just thousands, there are hundreds and thousands of ballots into them. Shocking. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Mr. Producer, Antoinette, the great KSFO country, go. Hi, Mark. Not to be offensive, but you are my Paul Harvey of present time on this radio. Aren't you You kind? I love Paul Harvey. I think you're better. Oh, my. I don't know about that, but he was great. Thank you. Paul Harvey. Good day. Born in East L.A., grew up in central L.A., and yeah. just know that I live in Orange County now. I already bought my tickets for the 2000 Mule. It's going to be in Huntington Beach at the Bella Tariff Mall at this particular theater there. So Monday, I'm taking a couple of Democratic friends. They don't know what this movie is about, but mm. if I am able to, I'll let you know what happens on Tuesday. That's great. To the movies that... to 2000 Mules on Monday. Well, I want to encourage this audience. I have no investment in this movie. I get nothing out of it except facts and truth. I want to encourage everyone in this audience, in one form or another, and they lay out different platforms for you to watch it, please watch this movie. I think it's going to be spellbinding, because I've seen some early clips, and your eyes pop out of your head. I mean, it is really a truth 
movie. And I want to thank you for your wonderful call, my friend. Let us go to Ryan, the great KSFO. How are you, Ryan? Mark, I'm great. Yep. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. I'm a huge fan. I, I, love, I love the energy, the emotion, the sardonic humor, intellectual <laughs> firepower, the conclusion. Wow. I guess you know you're lucky to be so blessed, right, Mark? I am lucky to be, I guess I'm lucky to be here, period. Uh, what happened? Well, I guess we all are. Yeah. Anyway, listen, I just wanted briefly to chat about an experience or two I've had with classroom indoctrination through the years. I'm Back in 56, when I was about eight, year old, eight years old, my, my parents had an old pair from Sweden, along with their husband, a guy named Tom. One night, Dad decided he was going to invite them to dinner with us, and my dad was a neurosurgeon and a former Army captain, and he asked Tom about his line of work. Tom said he taught history to fourth graders, and he focused on the struggles of the masses, which had been unfairly denigrated in favor of capitalism. <laughs> he wanted to bring a more balanced perspective to the table. Hmm. And I remember thinking that Tom had this, this unusual job because I didn't know any men who taught third grade back then. Mm-hmm. As soon as Tom said that, my dad said something that was deeply embarrassing to me. He, he said, right, okay, look, Tom, don't bother finishing your meal. I'd like you and your wife to pack your bags and leave tonight. Wow. But at that time, I, I wondered why my father would react that way. I mean, he normally wasn't that direct or hostile, but I think the answer to that is because he had seen this before. He was a veteran of World War II in Korea. And, and I think he'd had enough exposure to recognize the key words associated with that ideology. Mm-hmm. And um, what was your dad again? He was a neurosurgeon, you said? A college psych major. I took a sociology course, and that was my first exposure to what must be the very uncomfortable circumstances that kids find themselves in indoctrination classrooms today. I took it because I wanted to learn more about stats, but what I got was nonstop Marxist uh, yep. ideological yep. diatribe. And I took the coward's way out. I had enough credits to basically just go with an incomplete, and I, I wish I had reported that to the administration and demanded my money back. But I didn't, and um, I just can't imagine the circumstances that kids find themselves in today where if you don't agree, you, you run the risk of, of a bad grade. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? When I was in college, and I had some Marxist professors, I took them on. I took them on, and I fought them. And at least back then, for the most part, they were willing to have that debate. Uh, today, I'm sure I would have flunked out rather than skipping 12th and graduating in college in three years and all the rest of it. I'm sure... I'm sure he'll be on the streets, maybe a homeless guy. Thanks for your call, my friend. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, our trucker friends. Thank you. And, of course, our friends in, we will not forget you, Ukraine. God bless each and every one of you. I'll see you tomorrow.